Hello and welcome to the Tandem Collective Talks podcast. Tandem Collective celebrates books, film, TV, podcasts and more with our global community. We're Jen, Jade, Lucy and Lex, members and friends of Team Tandem. You might already know us from Instagram or TikTok, but if not, it's great to meet you and welcome. We're here to chat to you about what's new in the world of books, publishing and film, interview some of your favourite authors and hear your thoughts on what you're reading and watching at the moment. You can find us at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram and also Tandem Collective Global. Hello and welcome to the Tandem Talks podcast. I'm Jen and you're here with me and Lex and Lucy. Later in the episode, I'm going to be talking to Dan, who is Aeris Biblio on Instagram and a bookseller about his most anticipated upcoming releases and what he's been reading recently. And I'm also going to be asking Lex and Lucy about what they're excited to read. So let's start with you, Lex. So you know me, I've gone a little bit type A with the homework. And I have a book that I'm excited for between now and the end of the year. So the book that I'm most excited for in May comes out, is actually already out um, in hardback, but comes out in paperback on May 12th. And that is Next of Kin by Kia Abdullah and is a really great thriller. I think I've talked about it previously. That's just got these like barrage of gut punches at the end but does come with a couple content warnings. So do check those out before you dive in. For June, I'm just finished reading The Bay by Ali Reynolds, which is a surfer, almost cult beach thriller. Ali Reynolds wrote Shiver last year and she's kind of carried on that locked room feeling in the isolated setting of a secret beach north of Bondi so that's really exciting and we will have read-along cards available for that one so keep your eyes peeled. July of course brings the publication of Claire McIntosh's next book which is The Last Party, the first book in the DCI Theon Morgan series. She hasn't written a series before so I'm super excited to see how Claire's writing changes as she writes a series rather than standalone. In August, The Wrong Woman by J.P. Pomare. He is a New Zealand author who we've been lucky to work with on his previous two releases and consistently just turns out very unique, inventive thrillers. So The Wrong Woman comes out in August. And then in another podcast episode, you will hear us talk about The Skeleton Key by Erin Kelly, which comes out in September and takes a step away from psychological thrillers that we know Erin Kelly for and a bit more of a step towards psychological gothic. So a little bit more creepy, a little bit more spooky. And then before the end of the year, we are very likely to also have another John Grisham title and very likely to have another Jodie Picoult title. No information on those yet, but if Jodie Picoult's last book, Wish You Were Here, was anything to go by, I'm sold and stoked. I feel like I'm very excited for 2022's worth of reading. There are lots of exciting books coming out this year. Lex, I feel like you're so organised in what you want to read for the rest of the year. When somebody asks me what I'm looking forward to read, I kind of go, ooh, and they just list some titles. You're there with your calendar, like, this is out then, this is out then. Fantastic. (laughs) Luce, coming to you, what are you looking forward to reading? So in a similar thought to Lex, I'm also very excited for Jodie Pickles' latest release. I'm a big fan of her. 
someone else who I love and has a book coming out in August is Maggie O'Farrell. So she has got the marriage portrait coming out later this year. Obviously, she does both modern day and historical fiction incredibly well. I was a huge fan of Hamlet. Obviously, that won the Women's Prize in 2020. But this one is set in 16th century Florence. So I think lots of beautiful description. There's a bit of a murder mystery. There's some romance. So I think lots of different elements there. And yeah, I just I'm such a fan of her writing. So that's one I'm really looking forward to. Another book that is out uh, either August or September is The Making of Her by Bernadette Dewar, who I don't think is particularly well known, but it, again, it's another historical fiction flitting between 1960s and 1990s Dublin. My in-laws are obviously Irish, so there's a, a connection or a draw there for me, but it explores relationships between family. I think there's a bit of a unraveling story about someone who was given up for adoption so yeah just sounds sounds like my cup of tea so I'm looking forward to that one that sounds really good I feel like I am being incredibly spoiled in one month like right before summer because my three kind of all-time favorite authors are releasing on the same day so we've got Louise O'Neill, Kieran Millwood Hargrave and Laura Bates who writes non-fiction all releasing on the same day 12th of May very exciting. That's almost awesome. May is it's a big pub date this year. I think there are mm. so many titles. Like Next to Kin also comes out on the twelfth of May. What else comes? Uh, Hope Nicely's Lessons for Life, the paperback by Caroline Day, comes out. So having read Idol, absolutely loved it. Like it's Louise O'Neill to a T. I've got the Dance Tree on my TBR, and I love everything Kieran's done. So I'm super excited to read on that one. And then what was the last one that you said? Laura Bates, Fix the System, Not the Women. I feel that you are the one who is engaging me to read more nonfiction. I mm-hmm. read a lot of like business nonfiction. So I'm like getting all of my reading recommendations from you. So as soon as you tell me it's go time, I'll read it. Oh, I have no doubt that I'm going to read this one and be texting you instantly like, read. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much. Now we're going to go to my chat with Dan, who, as I said, is a bookseller and you can find him on Instagram as Aries Biblio, but it's Aries spelt without an I in it. So A-R-E-S Biblio. This episode of the Tandem Collective Talks is sponsored by Europa Edition's recent release of Lillian Fishman's Acts of Service, described by The Guardian as a sex masterpiece. Readers meet Eve, who is a young queer woman in Brooklyn, as she's looking for answers. On an evening when she is feeling particularly impulsive, she posts some nude photos of herself online. This is how Eve meets Olivia, and through Olivia, the charismatic Nathan, and soon the three begin a relationship that disturbs Eve as much as it delights her. As each act of the affair unfolds, Eve is left to ask, to whom is she responsible, and to what extent do our desires determine who we are? A must-read for fans of Raven Leilani's Luster, Acts of Service is a provocative debut exploring sex and sexuality as a 20-something New Yorker pursues a sexual freedom that follows no lines other than her own desire. Happy reading! Hello and welcome to the Tandem Talks podcast. I'm talking to Dan, who is Aries Biblio on Instagram and on Twitter. Are you Aries Biblio, Dan? 
So on Twitter, I am, it's a bit different over there, guys, because I couldn't change my name. So it's dman1504. So you'll see the same logo and picture as the one on Instagram. So I try to be as close to the bone as possible. So yeah, if you find me on there, you should be able to find me on Twitter as well. Perfect. If you follow bookish accounts on Instagram, you will want to be following Dan. Dan posts the most beautiful pictures alongside really thoughtful, fairly detailed reviews. Um, quite often I'll post a review which will just say something like it was good I liked it and then felt completely put to shame by Dan's perceptive brilliant insights. Dan is also a bookseller and he's joining me today to talk about his most anticipated spring summer reads as well as some of his favourite recent reads. Thank you for being here Dan. Well thank you very much for having me I think this has been a long time coming I think you will agree on that one so it's nice to actually be able to pin each other down and finally talk everything bookish. Absolutely. And it feels like it's the perfect time to do it as well, because we've got so many amazing things just about to come out that we're talking at prime time. But let's start with recent reads. Tell me what's the best thing you've read recently. OK, so I was actually asked this the other day and I always I feel quite honoured to be able to read quite a few, you know, advanced copies and proofs mm -hmm. and it's me getting excited but not a lot of people knowing the excitement is real because obviously you know if you read a book quite in advance people either might not be aware of it or they've not read it themselves so I think the two most ones that I read recently I mean I can't pick a favorite I mean that's just that's Sophie's choice when it comes to books and I cannot do that I would definitely say I literally last night finished Ithaca by Claire North which comes out later this year I believe it's September and I was literally up until quite late gripped to these pages. I've never read Claire North before, but all of my friends always say, you know, she's a really good writer and a story of someone you kind of know. So it's Penelope. So it's Odysseus's wife. So Odysseus is left and Penelope is left with so many years dragging on and suitors coming for her hand saying, oh, your husband is never going to come back, etc. But the most interesting thing about this book is A, the marketing anyone who follows me either on twitter or instagram would have seen orbit who are the publishers sent me a cross stitch of the book cover to do and i was just like this is so extra and the cross stitch in my opinion turned out a lot better than i thought it would and that kind of promotion shows what the publisher believes how big the book can be but the best aspect of this book is it's told from the narrative of Hera, I and yeah, that caught me off guard because I wasn't aware it was told by Hera. So Hera is obviously the wife slash sister of Zeus. Yes, you heard that right. Greek mythology is very ancestral. And she goes around the Ithaca picking different people out and saying, let's look on their lives, let's look on them. But the main person you always been, end up being drawn back to is Penelope and her struggle to kind of maintain the fact that she's having to rule over a missing king's land while people not seeing her as a queen but she is of course a queen and you've got people like Electra who come along into the fray as well and Clytemnestra and it's just anyone who follows me even looking at my logo knows I love Greek mythology and it's just it's everything that I love in a book so that would be exactly my the one. same yeah I feel like publishers and authors have really noticed the fact that we are all just so willing to geek out over Greek mythology and we will buy anything they put out about Greek mythology that they are like, okay, Greek mythology is having another moment, let's do this. It's interesting when people say to me, you know, oh, there's a lot of Greek mythology retellings out there. If you actually look at the figures, there isn't. You've got recent ones in recent years, like, of course, you know, you can't 
talk about Greek mythology without mentioning Madeline Miller. But you've mm-hmm. got people who have entered the fray, such as Jennifer Saint, who is just incredible. Natalie Haynes, who has Stone Blind coming out in, I think, September, which I'm excited for. But you've also got other people who might not tackle people like the gods and goddesses. So you've got authors like Elodie Harper, who is writing the Wolf's Den trilogy. Um, Pompeii, excellent writing. Again, pulling people that you may not have heard of more into the focal point. And the second book that I read about a month ago and another one that comes out in June is the author of The Wolf and the Woodsman, Ava Reed. So she has wrote another one called Juniper and Thorn and this centres around the Jewish myth of the juniper tree and it circles around a much maligned and feared wizard and his three daughters. So basically there is this wizard who He moved to this certain part of this city X amount of years ago, and he's seen the city change over many years. He's seen it become very capitalist. And his three daughters are his safety net who make money for him. So people will come to them with their problems. The daughters have certain magical powers who might be able to help. But unfortunately, the main protagonist of the story, she's very looked down upon. She's very dowdy. She doesn't go out. She fears her father because he uh, he rules with an iron fist. And then one day she gets snuck out of the house by her sisters and she realises there's freedom possibly outside of this world. But as you can imagine, it doesn't go to plan because the father will do anything to keep his three daughters in line. And the mother went missing several years ago under very suspicious circumstances. And we love a suspicious circumstance. It, it's brilliant because basically Ava has set it in the same universe as the wolf and the woodsman so it's very much steeped and gorgeously brewing in Jewish mythology which Ava found really important for people to be able to you know as we said we hear about Greek mythology Norse mythology but not a lot of Jewish mythology has really come to the forefront recently so I applaud Ava for kind of focusing people's attention on it and it is an epic story it's only about 300 pages long which is mm. quite rare for a fantasy because fantasies are usually you no know, fantasies can sometimes in my opinion go on too long but it's just brilliant so I would say those two are my definite top reads of the year so far I'm really interested in this now because like you just said I am a big geek about myths and I like to think I know what's going on in the world of myth retellings but as you said Jewish mythology I thought actually I'm not even sure I have read any Jewish mythology so I'm yeah. super intrigued to get to this one. That sounds yeah. really good. It's one of those ones that, because I, I adored The Wolf and the Woodsman, I was lucky enough to get a centre proof of it a few years ago. And then when Del Rey, the publisher for this one, sent me a prize copy of this, I ate it up. I was glued to the pages. And Ava found it really important to showcase the fact that Jewish mythology is just as interesting, if not more so, than the mythology that, as you said, we know about Greek mythology and things like that. It's just like there's there's a gorgeous hidden world that she is bringing to people's attention, and I applaud her for it. Yeah, I want everything to do with that world. I want to know everything there is to know about it. I'm looking forward to reading that one. So, as I mentioned, you work as a bookseller. Have you seen any particular trends about what people are buying at the moment for spring? Well, as a bookseller, obviously you see trends come and go. I mean, I was a bookseller after the phenomenon of things like Harry Potter and the E.L. James series, you know, the Fifty Shades of Grey, things like that, they're unprecedented. I mean, say what you will about any kind of genre of books, if it gets people reading, 
who really cares? So I would say the green trends that we're seeing in my definitely in my store are things like a lot of Colleen Hoover-esque kind of books. So yeah. for anyone who literally has been under a rock, Colleen Hoover over the last year or so, due to a success of just one of her books that ends with us, originally was a US publication, then I believe Simon & Schuster brought it over to the UK. And again, it's one of these TikTok trend books. And she people think she's a new writer. She's got about 15, 20 books out. She's not a new author. So she's definitely a trend for this year, still going in. I mean, I, as again, I've, as I've said, I don't really, people read, I don't really care. I mean, it's not my kind of thing, but if it, may, you know, if it gets you escape into a world, do it. And recently, the biggest trend, and I could not be happier with this trend, we cannot keep the books in stock. Guys, I think you know what I'm going to say. Heartstopper. Yeah, amazing. I want everyone to cheer at that who's listening to this podcast. I have been a fan of Alice for several years. I was lucky enough to meet her a few years ago working the festival. And the Netflix series is so true to the books. I wept with joy when I was watching it. And I kid you not, even the big stores like Piccadilly, we cannot keep this book in stock long enough. So I would say anything rom-com-ish, things like the Spanish Love Deception, for example, that's selling really well. And again, as I said, anything, anything Bridgerton related as well, another one. But I would say like the biggest trend I'm happy with at the moment is definitely Heartstopper. They, they have my heart forever, simple as that. I'm so happy to hear that about the Heartstopper. And I think it's perfect for spring as well, even down to just kind of covers and the colours. And it's, yeah, it's brilliant. Hope for spring. We love it. I've been reading some Colleen Hoover recently. I won't, I won't spill my thoughts I will say I loved one of her books Dad, and I'm sure you can guess which one and then read some more and was like hmm, I'm not sure this is my thing but yeah as you say it's great to see anyone reading anything it's sorry I, I'm just going to say quickly like, regarding Colleen Hoover I did actually have a customer who I was talking to and she said when you've read one Colleen Hoover book you've basically read them all Unless you've read the one which is completely off brand for her which is the one <laughs> I read first which one did you read first Verity I knew it because Verity's kind of apparently skewed from all the other ones. So yes, that, I... yeah, yeah. It's a bit. Is it more? Am I thinking it's more of a thrillery rather than a domesticy kind of one? It is. It's really dark and thrillery, which is my thing. So I read it and I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And then uh, picked up another one of hers. And it's about, <laughs> These people are in love. This is not what I read. Yeah, that is what but... Colleen Hoover's books are. But no, it, that's perfect for spring, isn't it? So many people kind of get into this spring-summer thing and just want to go away on holiday and read something a bit smushy and loved up, which, as you say, if they're reading, we love it. It's do fine. you find it really annoying as a bookseller? Because I always feel really conscious that I do this, where I will go into a bookshop and pick up, like, a ton of books and then go to the counter and end up saying to the bookseller, did you read this? Have you read this one? It's like, I cannot possibly expect this bookseller to have read the entirety of this bookshop. Do people do that to you? Oh, I mean, I will be candid with you guys, anyone listening. You will be shocked the amount of people who literally bring up a very random, any kind of book and will say, have you read it? And if I say, oh, you know, I, yeah, I've not read it myself. They are genuinely 100% surprised and shook us that as a bookseller, <laughs> I haven't read everything in the store. It happens on a daily basis. I mean, I read a lot of new debut fiction and historical mm-hmm. fiction, etc. But I'll also read a few ones from the years ago, like Jesse Burton and Laura Purcell. To me, they are classics. But yeah. people literally will pick something up that I would never have even heard of. 
and as a bookseller you are expected to read everything but mm-hmm. I quickly shoot I quickly shoot that discussion down yeah which is absolutely fair enough because nobody and it's one of our sadnesses as readers we're just not going to get through every single book that's released no. ever. there's no, no way what have we got coming up late spring early summer that you think is going to be big in the kind of mass market um, so mass market wise, I would class her, she's probably not mass, but I would definitely class as people should be reading her, is next week sees the release of Kieran Millwood Hargrave's new book, um, yeah. The Dance Tree. Have um, you read it? You have, haven't you? I read it about two months ago, and honestly guys, I am a huge Kieran stan, I think she's one of the most, she's not just an amazing author, she's one of the most beautiful people you can ever mm-hmm. um, interact with, anytime I message her on Instagram, she always replies she feels more like a friend than you know someone who I just hope and pray that an author would respond back to me so the dance tree again Kieran has taken from real events like she did with the mercies she's fictionalized it slightly I put as my review header on waterstones.com immaculate and I will never retract that because it's completely true so she's definitely one you know she comes out next week you've got things like the new Elodie Harper house for the golden door which is the second in the Wolfden trilogy which is mm-hmm. again incredible you've also got things you know you've got obviously all these kind of new away from fiction all this beautiful although speaking of fiction I know Dan Jones who um, is a brilliant historical writer he's got his first proper full fiction book coming out later this year which I'm really excited for and guys I saw Dan Jones in person the other day and he is my future husband whether he believes it or not Um, (laughs) because as a historian he is fine beyond fine he he is rather beautiful but there's just so much stuff that I mean, going, leaking from spring into summer, you've got things like Jesse Burton's House of Fortune, which mm-hmm. is obviously, I spoke to Jesse several years ago and I might have misheard her, but she said to me she, was, she wasn't planning to revisit that world. She was done with the miniaturist. So for the fact that when this got announced, I did message her. I was like, you'd like to me. And she was like, I promise nothing. <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. So the miniaturist again, I loved it. And the House of Fortune is, incredible it's one of those ones that you don't want to miss and you've also got going into july juno dawson's debut adult novel her majesty's royal coven which again is just oh juno is a diamond and this is the first of a new series of books for her and guys you need it it's as simple as that and one more i will pick up for next week because i've just seen it on my shelf is lady's guide to fortune hunting by sophie Irwin. so if you guys like bridgerton you need this book. It's better than Bridgerton. It's got a sharper protagonist, a woman who knows she needs to make a fortune, otherwise her family and her house will collapse. It's excellent. It's a really, really good read. Those all sound fantastic. I've read Circling Background for Kieran. I've read The Dance Tree as well. I don't think I've ever read a single word that Kieran has written and not been completely obsessed with it. The Dance Tree is phenomenal. I thought when she, when I saw that she was doing another adult fiction, I thought, well, how is she going to, you know, follow the Mercies? The Mercies was just incredible, but she's done it. And yeah. she's just, she's an absolute machine. She's got another, is there another two in the works? I think I saw. She's just, yeah. She just keeps publishing incredible, incredible books. I'm in awe of the woman. She's just immaculate. She really is. And I was really quite over the moon, the fact that when they announced Picador said, oh, you know, we've picked up two more titles from her. Because obviously she's now doing the children's books um, Mm -hmm. with her husband, Tom, who Mm -hmm. is also, he's, he's such a talented artist. So you're right, she's a machine. But the thing, the difference between Kieran and 
a quote unquote more mass market writer who, you know, like a crime writer who brings out two books a year or whatever. When she brings a book out, you know it's going to be good. It's not rushed. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just it's not just shelf fodder. It's genuinely every time she announces a new book, because obviously the dance tree was announced rather short notice. I think it was mm-hmm. three, four months before. I lost it and I was just like, she's done another one. Yeah. Especially so soon after um Julia and the Shark, which she did, as you say, with her husband. You just look at that beautiful work and you think, how well, is it fair that two incredibly such talented, amazing people live in the same house and are married to each other? You know, have some mercy on us, mere mortals, Kieran. But yeah. yeah, I can't wait to see what she does next. And we've also got, I think, releasing on the same day as the dance tree, Louise O'Neill's new on Idol. Have you read that? That's quite I've not dark. I've not read that. I was I was basically I was invited to the events, but I'm elsewhere on that night, so I was like I can't make it. But again, that fits in for like this kind of release windows. I always find May and June is always quite not spotty, but there isn't again. There's a few key releases, but there's not a huge amount released. Yeah. And Laura Bates has got an, another nonfiction coming up. So it feels like suddenly we've just, we've gone into this incredible time of publishing, which as you say, it's kind of a strange in-between season time. Normally May doesn't feel that exciting. But then no. all of a sudden this May is just, oh my goodness, so many women releasing incredible things that it's, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Right. Lastly, I have to ask you, Dan, give us some tips and hints for styling a fantastic bookish photo because you are such a pro at it. One, like, you know, I will put a, I will put a disclaimer at the front of this. I don't know to this day, you know, I've been doing this for about two and a half years. I still can't quite get to terms with when I get like a publisher or an author who will go, oh my God, that photo is incredible. I mean, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I... I'm still a very small blogger. I don't have tens, you know, tens of thousands of followers or whatever. But the market that I have that I kind of, you know, I read a lot of up and coming stuff. I like to think I said to someone the other day, my flat lays to my photos are kind of signature flat lays. Because when you look at it, you know, it's mine. Absolutely. So like, if you want to make something your own. Yes, they say it's the, the most sincerest form of flattery is draw inspiration from someone else's work. By all means, draw inspiration, but don't copy other people. You need to put your own spin on it. So I always use, because when I first started out, I was literally just using a piece of wallpaper as a background or whatever. But then I started finding things like tarot cards, oracle cards, William Morris, S. Cole, that kind of stuff. And I found a guy with that. So just remember what you want to get across. So every time I do a photo, there's always a bit of an element of the story involved around the photo, be it in the cards, the items. Just try and keep it, themed with a book or if not if you want something samey samey every time whatever you do look at the lighting because I've seen I've seen some photos on Instagram that look like they were taken in a dark cellar probably mine probably <laughs> mine <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's just I'm very lucky because um, where I live I live with two great friends and they have a conservatory so mm-hmm. the lighting in there is usually unless it's like a really horrible rainy day is perfect so think about lighting think about what you want to get across in a photo and make sure you're happy with it the most I mean don't worry about so much about other people don't think oh my god it needs to be you know mine are never mine are never perfect people say they are but I don't believe it but that's because I'm my own worst critic but just look at what you want to get across and just make sure as long as you're happy with it be happy with what you've done but just think obviously if you do want if you want to create a platform on Instagram or Twitter and be taken as one of these bloggers who a publisher might think oh 
they'll do a good job or you know they need to be on the list be professional with your yeah. photos and what you you know the content you bring across so as you said earlier at the start with your reviews this was a good book if that's all you want to put that's absolutely fine that's you know that's your that's the way you do it I'm very lucky in what I get sent but even I will still have to some sometimes say to a publisher can I have a copy of this I don't always think I'm guaranteed a copy of anything mm-hmm. but if you come across professional and you keep it as you will see on my grid I only ever post reviews and I do that because it keeps the grid clean it keeps it literally you see my grid and you know it's me so whatever you do with your photos just make sure that you're happy with it but make sure it looks to a degree something that a publisher would be happy to possibly repost or even just like or comment on I really agree with that for you actually because your account is one of those accounts that when I have a look on my phone and I'm scrolling through and I see your post come up I know it's you before I've looked at the name of who's posted it and that just shows your posting in your signature style and I think it's so well put together I think there's kind of two different ways in which people do social media and I would say we do it quite differently so I'm quite chatty just there to chat to people about what they're reading what I'm reading what I think and I'm quite formal with it I would say but where it is you do it more professionally. You really do think about what you're going to say, think about how you're going to present that, and have probably taken a bit more seriously by, as you say, publishers and authors. And I think that's that's amazing. If I read one of your reviews, I know I'm really going to learn something about the book and be challenged to think about it. And I think I think that's brilliant. I think that's so much of what book blogging is. Yeah, I just think you do it really well. Well, that's that's very that's very literally. And whenever anyone ever says things up, I have the biggest form of imposter syndrome, so I never think I'm anything special. So when someone says, you know, you do a really good job, I'm just like, mm, you know, thanks, but I still I still go away thinking I you know I could do better. But I think with my reviews as well, all I do is I give a more detailed version of a synopsis. So I don't give anything away, but I'll give you a taste of what's going in the book, and then I literally just put my thoughts quickly at the end because obviously, then anyone who uses Instagram knows. There is a limit on what you can type, so it's making sure. And also, I post at the same time when I do it because that tends to work best for the algorithm, although the algorithm has been shocking recently because I refuse to do reels. I will not do TikTok. I only do my photos. But it's just making sure that people are on their phones all the time. So you want to make it eye-catching, and that's what I try to do. So I draw you with a photo, and then I give you a quick review just so you can either like it or you can draw something from it and just think "Mm, I'll think about that later so it's making sure that you've got to remember that while publishers might sit in an office and look on the computer and go oh look there's his review your market and your target audience will be flicking through on their phone so whatever you post it's got to be eye-catching and it's got to be quick Brilliant. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dan. If you didn't catch any of Dan's recommendations, don't worry, because I will put them all in the show notes and the transcript on the Tandem website. But hopefully you've picked up some goodies that you want to read in the next couple of months. I know I have. Dan, thank you so much for joining me. It's been lovely. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. If you want me back, you know where I am. So that was my chat with Dan, who is absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for joining us, Dan. Luce, you're really big into historical fiction. So when we were talking about Kira Bimwood Hargrave, I had to ask you if you've read this one or any of Kieran's work yet. I haven't, but I would really like to. I've heard only good things, not just from the chat with you and Dan. But yeah, she's definitely going on my list. I'd like to read a lot by her. I think you should start with The Mercies. I think that's the one that I think 
that you'll enjoy the most. It's written for an adult audience, whereas some of our other books are written for kind of middle grade YA. And it's loosely based on witch trials. Well, no, it is based on witch trials. But Jen, am I right in saying more Nordic witch trials rather than Salem witch trials, yeah, which no, tend absolutely. to get a bit more of attention? I'm thinking about where it, it's set. Is it set in Norway, I think? Yes, it's a Norwegian island. I just Googled it. There we go. <laughs> okay, the Mercies are getting added to the list for 2022. Brilliant. Lex, what did you think of that chat? Is there anything that stood out to you that you need to read? I loved it. I think it was a really great chat. Dan is so knowledgeable when it comes to all of these books. I think the thing that stood out to me the most, actually, is that there has been so much hype recently about Greek myths and and kind of like ancient Grecian retellings that when he was talking about the mythologies of other time periods and backgrounds and histories I was like oh I'm so sheltered I haven't read any of these so I feel like there is a whole scope of reading out there that I need to go in and tap in on I always think that, like, we think we're reading really widely, but then somebody comes in with something else, like, hang on, have you read any of this? And suddenly you realise you're actually just reading inside this really kind of narrow little tunnel. Like you and Dan say as well, uh, the sad fact is we will never get through all the books as much as we'd like to. (laughs) Depressing. So sad. I think that's why I have to be so strict with the books that I want to read. Because I have a like a pile, a TBR pile that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, thirteen books high, and those are just the ones that I'm like, I need to get through these soon now. Like, let's not talk about the TBR bookshelves. Yeah, these are the priority TBR. That's how you know it's bad when you've split your bookshelves into varying degrees of priority TBRs. That is bad, Lex. I refuse to have more than five books in my house that I haven't read, which I know from other bookstagrammers is really, it's really harsh and that not very many people do that, but it just stresses me out knowing there's so many books that I haven't read on my shelf. So I only buy more or kind of bring more into review once I'm pretty much done with everything. Are you also one of these people who like lets their books move on after you've read them? Yeah, for sure. I only keep a book if I know that I'm going to reread it. Otherwise, it is off. That's what I do. I try to give as many away as possible, but there are ones that I do keep because I'm like, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to read that again. And like my favourite book, A Thousand Splendid Sons by Khaled I've read that like at least four or five times, but I do try to give them away. Okay, you guys are far more restrained than I am. I'm a hoarder. I'm a massive hoarder. I have a storage unit that is probably 30% clothes, shoes, furniture, and 70% books. And even as I sit here now in the office, I'm surrounded by books, most of which I have not read. Well, are we restrained, Olex, or are we just hoarding in other people's houses? (laughs) Wait, are you talking about lending books? I can't lend. Just give them. Uh, Right, okay, sure. On that note, we could talk about our TBR lists all day because I know they can be never ending. But thank you very much, everyone. Thanks, guys. See you later.
as always we're open to your feedback so please do hit us up at tandem collective uk on instagram or using the hashtag tandem collective talks if there's anyone content creator wise industry superstars or your favorite author that you think we should feature on the podcast then let us know bye